You know, I don't want to brag, but I, I get a lot of calls from the IRS for the amount of money I owe. Um, apparently, I'm about to be arrested any minute. Anyone? Anyone get that same call? Or I get a lot of Facebook messages, and um, you know, it's for this amazing grant program. You know that, you know, and you know, if you just send us this information, call this number, we can get you thousands of dollars. And I usually, I'll be honest, I spend most of my time like messing with them, like. <laughs> Because I figure if I'm wasting their time, but, uh, you know, it, it's funny to me, though, how many scams and things are, they're all about what? Money, right? Beca because people want money. Money, 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 money. So some of you, some of you get that. There, uh, it was funny. The last building we rented, uh, there was a guy there who worked there whose name was Money. And every time I saw him, I'd go, money, money, money. And then he'd go, if <laughs> I didn't get that last one, so I missed money. Uh, he was a lot of fun. Money was funny. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but this week we're, we're working through a series on the book of Psalms, and, um, you know, this week we're hitting one that, that really talks about money, and uh, <laughs> we're going to be in Psalm 49. I'm not checking my text. I'm just reading the scripture because I forgot my Bible, and I need one with like a slightly larger print now, I think. I've, I've, I've crossed that threshold. Um, so I'm just saying, some of you don't understand. Some of you, uh, it's been a few years since I graduated high school. Anyway, <laughs> Psalm 49, uh, start, I'm gonna, well actually there's a little superscript, so we're going to start with that. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. Listen to this, all you people. Pay attention, everyone in the world, high and low, rich and poor. Listen, for my words are wise and my thoughts are filled with insight. I listen carefully to many proverbs and solve riddles with inspiration from a harp. Why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? They trust in their wealth and boast of great riches, yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. Those who are wise must finally die, just like the foolish and senseless, leaving all their wealth behind. The grave is their eternal home, where they will stay forever. They may name their estates after themselves, but their fame will not last. They will die just like animals. That is the fate of fools, though they be remembered as being wise. Like sheep, they are led to the grave, where death will be their shepherd. In the morning, the godly will rule over them. Their bodies will rot in the grave, <laughs> far from the grand estates. But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. So don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their homes become ever more splendid. For when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them to the grave. In this life, they consider themselves fortunate and are applauded for their success. But they will die, all die, <laughs> but they will die like all before them and never again see the light of day. People who boast of their wealth don't understand they will die just like animals. So welcome to the slightly depressing um, psalm. It's, it's funny, sometimes when you read the whole thing out loud in church, you're like, that's the one I chose. Uh, <laughs> But, but, you know, it, it can be a, a little morbid. Uh, you know, the Bible does talk about death from time to time. And it's funny because I think most of us don't like to talk about it. Like most of us, you know, we don't like when we have to experience it. Uh, but, but really, it, it talks a lot about that. And so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna jump into Psalm 49. Um, and uh, it says, for the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about it. Does anybody remember who Korah was? No, you don't. That's... Uh, terrible. I'm going to have to preach that whole sermon again right now. No, uh, I won't. 
but uh, Korah was a guy who led a rebellion. Uh, and if you, if you read that, you know, he, he rebelled in Numbers 16. A uh, bunch of people die. It's a really bad thing. And, and so it, it's funny to me, when I read the Psalms sometimes, I think about Korah shows up because his, Korah, not so, so good a guy, right? You know, rebelled, got the death penalty, so to speak. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a story, you can read it. But his descendants then, you know, end up working at the temple and, you know, being the musicians. They're, they're like, you know, Tyler. <laughs> you know, uh, not that you're a son of Korah, I don't know. Maybe your dad's name is Korah, I don't know. But the uh, but, uh, point being is, you know, I, I think it's funny because... Sometimes you just got to jam it out, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you all heard that music too, right? It wasn't just in my head. Because you ever have like a song in your head and you're like, does everyone else hear that? You know, okay. Um, yeah, we can laugh. Anyway, but, but the interesting thing about Korah is, you know, uh, he, he kind of screwed up. And yet his descendants serve God. And, and so I always find that comforting because some of us come from like those great like testimonies of like, you're the fifth generation Pentecostal preacher or something. I go online, I see those things. I, you know, I talk to some people that do the thing I do and they're like, yes, I'm, you know, my great, great grandfather was at Azusa Street. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Mine, not so much. <laughs> and, and, you know, but, it, but it's, it's cool that I also hang out with an, another class of people who I am a third-generation drug dealer, uh, <laughs> you know, and they've kind of turned around, not just, you know, not that they're a drug dealer, but they used to be. And so either one, it's kind of, there's just, I think it's awesome what God does. So, uh, yeah, just throw that out there. So every time you read Korah, think, it doesn't matter where you come from, it matters what you do. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, now, we'll jump into the psalm. Listen to this, all you people. Uh, pay, pay, uh, pay attention, everyone in the world. High and low, rich and poor, listen, for my words are wise and my thoughts are filled with insight. I listen carefully to many proverbs and solve riddles with inspiration from a heart. Now, this is what's called, this is like a little bit of academic, uh, academic things in here, because I think a lot of times when we look at the Bible, it's sort of this mystery, right? Like, it's a big book, there's lots of things in it, and you're like, I, sh I should probably read it, you know, hopefully you think I should read it. <laughs> but, but, you know, there, there's all these things in it, and you don't really kind of know what is in there, and there's all these different types of literature, and there's a, there's a genre of literature called wisdom literature, and, and this is, and, uh, and that's probably a bigger conversation that we need to have here today, but in, in wisdom literature, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's teaching us wise things, and this is a wisdom psalm, so it, it's, it's a song, it's poetry, and it's also giving us some wisdom. And, and really, wisdom, uh, often, wisdom literature, it kind of explores those big questions in life, you know, because sometimes life, if we're honest, if we're true, if we're frank with each other, it seems unfair, right? Like, like anyone ever experienced something that seems a little unfair? Okay, only half of us. Half of you didn't nod. I'll assume you're nodding off. Uh, no. <laughs> but, uh, big, you know, so this is like one of those big questions is why do those who wrong, who do wrong often get ahead financially you ever feel that yeah i mean it, it's like it's like you you do the right things you you give you serve you, you're honest and then other people prosper and you're like that doesn't seem fair and uh the book of job which is actually surprisingly for some of you maybe you don't know it's actually the oldest we think it's the oldest book of the bible uh, before genesis was written down you know job happens and it gets written down um anyway you can tell from the different hebrew and stuff it's really fascinating for the four of us who care about biblical languages um 
we'll sit down later, we'll have coffee, we'll talk about this. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but in Job, Job chapter 21 says this, why do the wicked prosper growing old and powerful? They, they live to see their children grow up and settle down and they enjoy their grandchildren. Their homes are safe from every fear and God does not punish them. Their bulls never fail to breed. Now, we're probably not worrying about our bulls breeding, but that's like, you know, if you're agricultural, you're, you're, wondering, you're worrying about those things. Their, their cows bear calves and never miscarry. They let their children frisk about like lambs. Their little ones skip and dance. Uh, we should use that just like, take it out of context, we'll use that for this room. We'll just let them frisk and dance. <laughs> you know, they sing with tambourine and harp, they celebrate to the sound of the flute, they spend their days in prosperity, then they go down to the grave in peace, and they say, uh, God, go away, we want no part of you in your ways, who is the Almighty that we should obey him, what good will it do us to pray? And, uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, we often address sort of this question about fairness, you know, because it, life seems unfair, we, we address it frequently because the scriptures address it. And, and you know, why does it bother us? You ever, it, it just seems unfair, right? And, and it's interesting because some people take this and they, they, they raise this question and say, okay, well, there is no God because life's not fair. But here, I, I, I'd, I'd posit something else instead, though. The fact that we think life should be fair, I, I think, is a reflection of, of the, us being created in the image of God. Because if we're just a bunch of atoms stuck together hurtling through space, which I'm all about, I love to talk about matter, I love to talk about astrophysics, you know, I did tell you, you know, follow uh, my favorite astrophysicist a couple weeks ago on Twitter, uh, she'll be interesting for you, <laughs> but, you know, we're more than just a bunch of atoms stuck together hurtling through space. You know, we, we have within us, I, I think, this, 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 this uh, the image of God stamped on us so that we want things to be right and fair. And so when we look at something that seems unfair, we feel like, man, this ain't right. Now, I, I think there, there's a part of us then that wants this, this justice. And those of us who are of a certain age, of my age, if you're currently starting to need to look at your Bible with like, you know, bigger glasses and get reading glasses, I never thought I'd be there. I have a friend who carries this thing on his cell phone. It's on the back. He pulls it out because it, it's a bigger font. It was kind of cool. Uh, some of you are like, show me where that is. I want that, right? Um, the younger folks, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but it'll hit you someday. Trust me. You'll be like reading and you're like, why do I have to start tromboning? Uh, <laughs> but those of us who are a certain age, do you remember our super friends? Like the Hall of Justice. Yeah, like, I mean, some of you, some of you were, like, seeing the reruns, and, you know, it was, like, it was a great Saturday morning thing, and, you know, we, we want justice, right? Like, we want superheroes to come in and kind of, kind of create justice, and I, I think that's a craving for justice because often life seems unjust, unfair. Um, <laughs> so, verse 5, why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? They trust in their wealth and boast of great riches. Now, when trouble comes, it will come. I promise you, there, there's going to be some stuff, you know, some of you are younger in life, maybe it hasn't been as rough yet, it, it'll get there. <laughs> you know, some of you are older, a little longer in the tooth, uh, you know, and we, we kind of understand that, that there's times when troubles come. I, I do a lot of premarital counseling, which is fun and interesting, but it's, I, I don't like to, I prefer, I've had to a couple times do it, I don't like to marry a couple uh, until they've gotten in a good fight. 
Because, you know, when you first get in your relationship, it's like everything's perfect and beautiful, and you get along, you know, and then you get married, and not so much. Uh, there's, there's, some, there's some struggles now, and with your struggles, you can either kind of create walls and barriers, or you can grow within that. It's, it's, you know, like muscles, you know, that stress, you know, that you have to do to, like, lift and do things can either grow your muscles or kill you. <laughs> uh, but, 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 you know, it's that, that stress and that pressure, you know, there's troubles come. And when you're married, you, you have troubles. And that's kind of how all of life is. It, it's, there's these hard things that come at us. Uh, it's a, they, they trust and boast in their money. Now, can anyone name somebody who trusts and boasts in their money? Probably. I, there's two, I think there's two types of wealthy-ish people. Maybe there's probably more, but, uh, but the two I'm thinking of is, one, I know, I call them Delaware millionaires. Um, there's people I know who I know have millions of dollars, but you wouldn't know because they drive beat-up cars, they, 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 they dress like they, they don't have any money to their name, and some of you know them because you've been around, but they, they have assets and wealth. Now, the others, <laughs> as soon as they get a little money, what do they do? Woohoo, you know, like like bougie bougie, you know. <laughs> they're, they're dressed out, you know, nice. I forgot my watch today. It wasn't that I just didn't want to brag, you know, brag that I have a chipped watch that I broke. Uh, <laughs> did anyone notice that? Like, I, I broke the watch two years ago. I keep saying I'm going to fix it. Anyway, I, it still tells time. It just chipped. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation for a whole other time. But, you know, there's people who want to show they have money and act like they do. That They, they boast in it, right? You know, uh, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just leave it there. I, we, Instagram. Uh, and, and so, verse 7, you cannot re yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. You can't buy your way out of death, right? Does anybody remember? This is like cartoon, like, week in my head. Remember Scrooge McDuck? I loved that show, and I was in my 20s when I watched it, you know, I, I think, in fact, I think I was in seminary when I was watching Scrooge McDuck, and uh, <laughs> I know that's crazy, but, uh, but, you know, he would, like, dive into his money in his vault, and he'd swim around and everything, you know, some of you are remembering this, and, you know, you, you, know, you could swim in money, and you know the only thing that keeps him from dying? He's a cartoon character. <laughs> Eventually, someone will start, stop drawing him, and, you know, he'll, he'll disappear, but, the rest of us, we, we have to deal with, with, with mortality. Uh, now, you can buy a car so you don't have to walk. That's a good thing, right? Dover's, like, horribly built for if you don't have a car. Like, it's, if you try to ride a bus, man, it's like an hour to get... You, didn't, you never thought Dover was so long till you had to walk or, or ride a bus. It's like, it's... <laughs> You're like, man, this is horrible. Uh, you know, uh, you, you, you can get a hotel room or a house so you don't have to sleep outside. You, you can get a massage so you're not as sore. You can, get, you can go to the gym so you look good. You can go get, you know, eat healthy food so you get healthier. But, but you can't do anything. You can't buy anything that'll help you live forever, right? Ultimately, you can't do anything. Um, this is how my mind works when I'm, when I'm studying. I was like, how much does it cost to cryogenically freeze yourself? Because um, I was like thinking, okay, maybe someone could argue I will live forever because I can be frozen. Apparently, uh, prices of the organizations can be as much as 200000 or more for whole body crypto preservation or 80000 for a neuro option, which is just your head. Like your head is frozen in a jar. So if you, if you want the discount cryogenics... You know, <laughs> Just saying. Uh, 
Uh, anyway, uh, but you could actually get, you can get crypto preservation for as low as twenty-eight thousand uh, dollars. You know. Anyway, I, I Google recommends some weird things to me sometimes, and it's got to be these strange thoughts I have and what I'm googling. Like, and the fact when you Google it though, there's an autocomplete. Someone else <laughs> is googling that same question. So if you're wondering, now here's the thing. It may prolong your demise, I think Futurama, but some of you who are Futurama fans, but, but you know, it may you know, prolong things or it may not work. You don't know. You just, I, I could tell you I'm cryogenically freezing you and you know, just take your money. <laughs> you wouldn't know, but you, 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 don't, you don't know, right? Like, but you could freeze your head, you could freeze your body, and, and maybe it thaws out and you know, you're like Encino Man later or something. Maybe not. But eventually then, you know, we, we all die. And, and they're, 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 you know, scientists are funny because they're trying to figure out a way to, like, map your mind into a computer network. All I can think of is, like, Terminators and Skynet. But <laughs> anyway, everyone dies. Uh, th those who are wise must finally die, just like fools in the senseless, leaving all their wealth behind. The grave is their eternal home where they will stay forever. They may name their estates after themselves, but their fame will not last. They will die just like animals. This is the fate of fools, though they are remembered as being wise. You know, who dies? Wise people. They go, right? Uh, people whose names are on buildings. Like, you, it's funny, because when you're from here, like, sometimes I, I knew, or my dad knew, some of the names on, like, schools and stuff, and different things, and they just, they built a school at my aunt's farm right now, and so, you know, I know the guy who's it's named after. Um, he's, he's not dead yet, but I guarantee you he will be <laughs> in a matter of time. 100 years. I'm sure, <laughs> right? Right, because we, we, we all we all pass away, uh, you know. Famous people, foolish people. Uh, now, and I actually I drove El by it the other day because we were we were going to a store, and so in Camden, some of you know there's a Dyer Drive, named after my father, just somebody who knew him and needed a street name. It's not like it was like grandiose, like. <laughs> but you know my you know my dad. My dad loves Camden history and everything. Uh, now here's the thing. I, I doubt the people who live on that street drive up everything and think about the Dyers, right? They're probably like, I don't even know how to pronounce that, Dyer. <laughs> They're probably, you know, the dryer, Dwyer, because people always throw an extra letter in there. Like, it's four letters. Come on. Uh, <laughs> you know, anyway, I, I doubt anyone on the street thinks of us, right? Because you can name stuff after you. People still don't know, you know, they don't, they don't know who it is. Like, they're just going to be like, Dyer, it's just the name of the street. They don't think about, you know. And it doesn't matter because even if you name a street after yourself, you're still going, right? Uh, 14 says, verse 14, Like sheep they are led to the grave where death will be their shepherd. In the morning the godly will rule over them. Their bodies will rot in the grave far from their grand estates. Welcome to deep water. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the image here is, you know, we're all, you know, uh, like sheep, we're like walking a line to the grave. You know, sorry, vegetarians. You know, there's, um, <laughs> you know, like, and we talked about sheep last week because we did a, a very familiar psalm, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And sometimes sheep do some dumb things. I, I read a story to you where like one sh sheep, sh I want to like make a, that's hard to say, one sheep because it's in more sheep. There ought to be like a shorter version, a shep. No, that's like a three stooge. But you know, the, the sheep you walked off the cliff and what happened? The other one just started following. They lost most of the sheep in the whole village because one sheep decided to walk, take a long walk off, of, you know, and, and fall to its death. And eventually, there was enough fluffiness that not all of them died when, because the, the whole herd went off the, the cliff. And I, I'm thinking like the Serta sheep now because they're like fluffy, right? 
first couple words flat. But anyway, you know, <laughs> you know it's it sort of, sheep just kind of go off. They, you, they go on their own. And, and, you know, you might say, Jeff, this is the worst sermon ever. I'm depressed now, right? Uh, a lot of people might stop here and go, oh, man, I just, you know, we all die. This is horrible. And, and then I think a lot of times we try to blot out thinking about death, right? Like, who wants to think about that? You know, I know our family is weird. If you've ever been to our house, if you flip over, like, pictures and furniture and stuff, we've got stickers on the back. Because we went through and we just decided what we wanted that was my parents and put stickers on the back. And people are horrified when I tell them that. You know, they're like, that's terrible. But, you know, we just figure we're all going to go. So we've, we've always been very open about that in our family. Uh, you know, and I got some good stuff that way. Uh, anyway, here's the thing. Our mortality is a gift. Like, we may not think of it that way. But, but really, awareness of our mortality points us to the God who is eternal. If we just lived forever, we probably wouldn't give a thought to God. But, but it's one of those things that points us to, to God. Verse 15 says, But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. Now, you know, <laughs> those of us who like to, you know, pick things up and put things down, the snatch is probably my favorite Olympic movement. Uh, those of you who don't know it, it's like from the floor up overhead. One motion, it's gotta, there's got to be great hip drive, there's speed, there's agility. Love the snatch. Some of you don't care at all. Some of you watch the Olympics and you're like, that is cool. <laughs> Some of you are explaining it to your friends right now, what the snatch is. No. <laughs> Carolina gets it. She likes it. Anyway, <laughs> this is the picture I have. So those of you who know the snatch, those of you who don't, just kind of imagine. It's like Jesus snatches us from death. <laughs> so we're, 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 we, we hit the grave when we go, and Jesus snatches us up. I uh, know that's a terrible image for you, but for me, it's a beautiful thing, because I picture Jesus snatching. <laughs> and uh, I think he was kind of big anyway. But <laughs> picture is Jesus snatched away. One quick movement, and, and we go from death to life. You know, and last week we, we talked about a little bit, we talked about, the, uh, I think it was Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, you know, death is not the end, it, it, you know, it's just, it's just the porch. It's the porch to the house. It's the entryway. Because when you know Christ, you know, this, this world is just temporary. It's not permanent. We, we move on. Um, it says, So don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their homes become ever more splendid. For when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth is, is, <laughs> will not follow them into the grave. You know, and, uh, you know, we... Uh, we were helping somebody move yesterday, which I, I didn't tell them I would tell about it, so I'm, I'm going to keep them anonymous for a moment. <laughs> they can wave to you later. But we were helping somebody move. Uh, who's here? <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because when you move, if you ever moved out of your place and then you have to move somewhere else and you're, like, temporarily in some place, it's like, it's like a stuffed storage space. Like, you, you take everything you own and you cram it into, like, a metal box. And, and pull the, some of you have been there, right? And it's, we, we kind of had to do it with pods after the tornado and everything. See, I, 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 made, I didn't make it a week without mentioning a tornado. But, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because it reminds me so much of the, the show Storage Wars. You ever watch that show? And it's like, basically, it's a stuffed pod, and they open it up, and that's kind of what I was picturing yesterday. And then at the end of the day, the pod was empty. And I kind of, if you watch the show, people buy this pod, and then they sometimes throw out everything that was in there and i think somebody paid monthly for probably years on this to store some stuff that just gets chucked but but that's that's stuff right it's it's the nature of things we, we store we squirrel away things that we that, you know and i'm not saying it's bad to have things 
It, it's okay to have stuff. It's okay to have a mattress. It's okay to have a couch. It's okay to have some things that bring you joy. You know, Marie Kondo, whatever. But, is that her name, Marie Kondo? Yeah, I, I always think of a condo. Anyway, anyway, uh, you know, but, but ultimately, I thought it would be funny. I, I, I have all these funny things that I say that when I die, I want people to do. One of them is attach a U-Haul trailer to the hearse that brings me, because it would just be funny, like, or just rent a U-Haul. Maybe that'd be cheaper. Uh, that's the cheaper option. Do that one for me, hon. <laughs> but, you know, because, you know, you don't expect that, because you, you leave everything when you die. Because um, in this life, they consider themselves fortunate or applauded for their success, but they will all die... Uh, but they will die like all before them and never again see the light of day. People who boast in their wealth don't understand. They will die just like animals. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, and that, that, that's how it is. You know, we pass away, we're gone. Now, th this morning at like 3 a.m., I got a phone call. I know. Some of you are like, oh, no, did I pocket dial again? And this time I didn't call Cal. I called Calvin one time at like four in the morning. I got up and, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> I still feel bad. He called me back. You okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just a little embarrassed. See you at church. Uh, it was a Sunday morning. Uh, I was just reminding you to wake up to come. Uh, anyway, uh, I get a call like this morning at 3 a.m. And um, it was an alarm company has my name as an emergency contact for a business. And they keep calling me, and I keep meaning to, like, call them and tell them I'm not. Here's the thing. I did not go to that burglar alarm at 3 o'clock in the morning because I don't work at that store. You know, I, I feel bad for them that, you know, if, if someone isn't responding to that thing. But I'm not going to show up at Smyrna <laughs> uh, at, at, a, at a business to, to help them because I don't work there. You're, you're, you're calling the wrong guy, right? Like, like, one, I'm not getting up at 3 a.m. unless I'm going to go hunt. <laughs> but you're, tr you're trusting the wrong guy. And th that's kind of what money is. Money is something that so many of us think will give us what we want. But it's like trusting the wrong guy. Because ultimately, it's not going to bring you happiness the way you think it is. I mean, a certain level will. Like, if, if you go from not having any money to having enough to eat and have shelter, it will totally make you happy. <laughs> But there's, there's, like a, there's not always a return on investment as you go further. And, 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 you know, but it's, you're, often we, we trust in the wrong thing to complete us, to comfort us. Uh, we trust in the wrong thing. Uh, now, it doesn't mean you, if you have money, you know, um, you know Jesus is going to leave you on the floor, no snatching. But Jesus, Jesus tells a couple stories, and uh, I'm going to tell a couple of the stories here. And I'm not going to go into as much detail as I do sometimes with these stories because I've talked about these in the last four or five years. No, I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was funny because sometimes I'm like, did I, when was the last time I talked about this, this Jesus story? This Jesus story I talked about not too long ago. Uh, but in Luke chapter 12, uh, ver starting verse 16, says this. Then he, Jesus, told him a story. Rich man had fertile uh, farm that produced the crops. He said to himself, uh, what should I do? I don't have room for all the crops. And then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, self, my friend, <laughs> you have stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night you will, uh, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich, rich relationship with God. And that's, that's kind of a very typical thing, because we, we often are told in our culture, too, what? Save up for retirement? That's not a bad thing. Go talk to Lewis. He can help you out with retirement savings and things. Good, good stuff. But when we're not rich towards God, 
that, that's when it becomes a problem. And, and it's, we all do that in our culture. It, it's easy to uh, slowly allow money to consume us if we're not careful. You know, I, um, I, 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 I occasionally uh, use a chainsaw, uh, although mine broke last year after the storm and everything, so now I have to borrow chainsaws, which is like, really, like if you're a man and you have to borrow someone's chainsaw, you feel a little less like a man deep inside. Uh, <laughs> in fact, someone asked me to do some tree work, and I'm like, ah, I gotta see if I can borrow a chainsaw. Because <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't have, uh, you know, a nice steel uh, 260 like I want. Uh, anyway, <laughs> or like the 660, oh my gosh, that would be great. Anyway, pastor appreciation coming up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, anyway, m- chainsaws are, are useful tools, right? Like if you're cutting trees. Like, like it can be a very useful tool. Uh, but if you use it wrong, what happens? You lose fingers. <laughs> you, you, know, you lose toes. You lose legs. I don't know how many people I've seen. I, one of my earliest memories is a guy probably not using it right. Like looking back, I was, I was a young child, and it hit a nail or something, kicked back, hit him in the chest. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I still use a chainsaw, but, I, but I'm always very respectful. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, chainsaw used right, properly, is useful. Used wrong, used poorly, it's deadly. And that's like money. Money in itself is not evil. You know, the, it, the Bible says the love of money is evil. <laughs> as the, root of, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That's a, <laughs> a whole other passage for all the time. But it's not that money is wrong, but we have a tendency to go from using it right to wrong. And what happens when you're chainsawing? If you, I, I, I have taught several people to use, how to use, properly use a chainsaw, and there's all these like rules. But the more you chainsaw, the more you start to break even your own rules. Like I often tell my kids, okay, I'm doing this, don't do this. <laughs> Anyone ever do that, like with a chainsaw? It's not good, because I'm putting myself at risk <laughs> at times. And that's kind of how money is. If we're not careful, it can be something meant to be a tool to help us, you know, to, to eat, to do good. But, but it can also become something that hurts us. Uh, Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for you hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Francis Bacon said, money is a great servant, but a bad master. It, there's always this, this point at which do you have money or does money have you? Um, you know, another you know Jesus story. Jesus tells a story about a rich young ruler. Uh, he, he, you know, he, it's, if, you read, if you read the story, and uh, we're, we're reading out of Luke, Luke chapter 18, you know, he's got money, he's got morals, you know, he, he's this good guy. And he's like, kind of like, what am I supposed to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like saying, hey, do good, all this stuff. He's like, hey, I've done all that. And I kind of picture him sort of like, yeah, I did that. Or maybe he's like, yeah, I did that, but I still feel kind of empty. You know, we're kinda, you're not sure from the context there. But in the end, Jesus says, you know, hey, ditch the money, give it away, come follow me. And if you know the story, he goes away sad. Now, we don't know. Did he, you know, later turn around and come back? Did he, you know, did he, did he contemplate? Did he figure out? But really, Jesus kind of got to the root, of the, the root of the matter, which was he loved his money. You know, he, he didn't want to give that up. He might have been good in so many other ways, but then money kind of grabs you. It has you. Uh, and, and, and it's hard for many people. Uh, Jesus said this after that. He says, when Jesus saw this, he said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? And he replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. Now, it's interesting because I, I, I'm an, 
I'm almost to the point where I want to get rid of Facebook. Like, all I really want to see on Facebook is, like, pictures of your kid, your dogs, and, you know, I'll even allow cats, you know, uh, but... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I, I, just, I, I like both. Uh, I, but, you know, I, I, I kind of want, I, I just, I wanted the social part of the social network. It, it often becomes about politics and, you know, your vaccine status and stuff that people want to argue about. Just, I just don't care. And so I've, I've kind of, I don't post as much as I used to, although it's been funny because a year ago, like, I think it was last week was like the tornado. So I've got all these funny posts posting, you know, uh, like a year ago today, your life was in chaos and everything you owned had been destroyed by a tornado. Would you like to relive this moment? Yes. (laughs) Click here for more memories. Um, Anyway, uh, no, it was was interesting though. But, you know, one of the things, I'm in this like language group. And so it's interesting because some of the people in the language group are just kind of starting out with biblical languages. And so they ask really stupid questions sometimes. Uh, <laughs> and one had to do with this passage, and, and it's it's one of those things. I'm, I'm there, every time I preach this, I don't I don't think I've preached this for years. Like it's been it's been a while since we talked about this particular passage. There's almost someone who's heard this passage and heard about a camel gate, right? Anyone? And it, like it, 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 there was this camel gate, and if you get down on your the knees, the camel could make it through real hard. Anyone ever everyone you hear that one growing up? Complete lie and fabrication. No truth to it at all. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to deep water. But, <laughs> you know, and there's all these other options. And it's like, like you know, camel and camelos, it sounds, you know, the, the words are similar to cable or rope. So it's about putting in, uh, a rope through a needle, which could be done maybe. Uh, you know, and there's like, a, there's all these variations, a like camel hair rope and all the, you know, and then uh, there's this, oh, this guy, he, he, he drove me a little nuts this morning. Because uh, I was like verifying something and the spelling of something, I, I stumbled on this guy's blog, and he's like pointing out that you know, how the Bible's wrong because of this passage and everything. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand hyperbole. Uh, but uh, you know, and he was making language claims, and he doesn't understand the languages, I could tell. But you know, Aramaic gamla can be translated rope or camel, all this kind of stuff, crazy things. But here's the point: the whole point is, uh, you know, that that it's it's crazy because and Jesus was using this word picture to say you know, hey, it's something that can't be done. Because can you take a needle, no matter how big, picture a big carpet needle like my grandma had. She had these big giant carpet needles and like, I guess they sewed carpets back in the day. I don't know. Rugs? Okay, maybe that's it. (laughs) I need grandma classes or something. But but I remember we had these giant needles. You can't put it through there, right? And like Jesus says, you know, hey, it's like a plank in your eye. And you, you picture like two by four sticking out of your head. It, 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 the idea is it, it's, it's this, this picture of absurdity because you cannot put a camel through the eye of the needle. It's not about some secret gate that's hard to do. The point is it's impossible because he doesn't say, you know, it's impossible and you're all going to hell. But with God, it is possible. And, and it's only by faith and trust in Christ that, that any of us get to heaven and often it's hard with financial stuff because we like our money now most of us here would probably say we're not rich but if you really compare yourself to around the world we're all kind of rich right uh you know I, and I, i'm saying that not to to kind of like make people feel bad but you know it, it's this you know it's this difficult thing, I think, in our culture because 
money slowly pulls us back to its side. And I think that's one of the reasons the Bible talks about money so much. It's because money is, is, is one of these things that kind of creeps in and can pull us off of where we're supposed to be. You know, I, there's two things when I watch a TV, and I've told you this before with my kids, uh, and they're older now, so they, they know it. If I just say not our values, they, they understand what I mean. But there's two main things on television, uh, in a movie or anything, that, that when they talk about, you know, our culture says different things about it than I think the Bible does. And there's all kinds of things. But the two things are, one, sex, because sex is just treated in a way that I, I, I don't think is, you know, as God intended it. And so I just have to go, not our values. And number two is finances, money. Because our culture often treats finances in a different way than God does. God gives us finances to take care of our, our needs. He gives us finances to be generous. He gives us finances, you know, it's not a bad thing to have a 401k. It's not a bad thing to have retirement saving. But at some point, you have to ask, you know, do you have money or does money have you? And I, I have a lot of friends who have money. All they do is worry about their money. My gosh. I don't worry about a thing. I'm poor. No. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's so easy sometimes to do it. Uh, and it, it's so easy. Uh, bottom line is, nothing but Jesus works. <laughs> you know, salvation, being made right with God, is by him, by trusting him. It's not about stuff, not about good deeds. Uh, it, it's about faith and trust in, in Jesus that makes us right with God. Proverbs 30 says it this way. Um, verse 8 and 9 say, First, help me never tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I'm poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. It's, it's hard, right? We have to live somewhere in the middle. Uh, and, you know, where that middle point is, you've got to figure out. Thir Hebrews 13, 5 says, Do not love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. You know, here's the thing. Trusting in riches if you've been in church for very long, you know it's a bad idea, right? Okay, yesterday, was it hot? It was hot. Who here worked outside? Even in the heat. Yeah, you're like Floridians, you're like, this isn't even hot. <laughs> Texas, you know, I saw an armadillo burst into flames, I'm fine. Uh, it was hot. So, was it a good day to work in your attic? <laughs> Only a fool would work in their attic yesterday, right? So while I was working up there yesterday, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I, like, it was so hot. One of my kids, when they went up, like, out, they were handing me stuff to load into the attic and everything. They're like, hurry up, Dad's going to die there. <laughs> I've never sweated so much in my life. It was like, it was a horrible day. And I also need to work on attic venting, too. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. It was dumb. And I do so many dumb things. You hear the dumb stories of dumb things I do all the time. Uh, <laughs> it's dumb, but it doesn't mean I won't do it. And that's kind of like trusting in riches. It's a dumb thing to do. You know it's dumb. But if you don't watch it, you'll end up there. Uh, you know, so my challenge to you is just ask God to speak to you about how to handle your finances. Let him uh, convict you and, and show you. Because ultimately, I can't tell you this is enough, that's not enough money, you're giving enough, you're not getting... But, you know... You know, are, are you willing to give up what God asked you to give up?
you know, remember, live differently and we'll live free in Christ.